catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. Hey guys, I'm Jordan Rowling, host and producer of Billboard News. And I'm Gail Mitchell, Billboard's executive director of R&B and hip hop. And this is In The Lead, a Billboard and Honda Stage podcast series where we talk to some of music's most influential female changemakers. In each episode, our guests will discuss their path to success, the obstacles they overcame along the way, and how they continue to pay it forward. Today, we're excited to sit down with Fadia Cater. Fadia is one of Instagram's music masterminds and a key player behind the 2020 Versus phenomenon, where artists, songwriters, and producers battle each other with their biggest hits on Instagram. Fadia, welcome, and thanks for uh, joining us on the show today. How you doing? I'm good, in good company on this here, you know, sunny day in LA. We always like to ask how people are actually doing right because we're in the midst of a pandemic. So that's like our biggest question, Fadia. How do you feel? How are you, how are you doing? I'm doing great. It has been an extremely exciting and gratifying year. Um, but I would be remiss to say that like everything is just all peachy and rainbows and butterflies. Like it's been also a trying year. Um, but it's we're we're nearing the end and just trying to come out strong. Uh, but overall, just happy to have you know health, wealth, family, peace of mind, and all those good things, and doing our part to stay safe. You know, um, that's that's really important right now. Jordan and I agree. It's just it's been a long haul. I know for uh, everyone. I think there there is light at the end of the tunnel. You've had a really winding career that's involved roles in fashion, artist management, talent booking, and marketing before you landed in the tech arena. And now you're at Instagram. So, uh, Fadia, can you talk a little bit about your uh, journey through all those different signposts? My journey has been definitely one for the books. I would say, like, my career has been led by passion and intuition more than anything else and interest. So I've always had an interest in fashion and music. And when I first got into the to an industry, it was in the fashion industry, but working primarily with music artists. So it, it's been exciting, but like anyone else, I always look for a challenge. And there was a point in time when I was in Atlanta, a friend of mine just, you know, suggested that I would make a great music artist. Like I should manage talent. And being 22, always wanting a challenge and really not knowing anything about the industry. I was like, of course, why not? I can do that. And that's kind of like how I got into the music industry. It was haphazardly. You know, I was working at the time for a big boy's wife, Sherlita Patton and Tracy Valentine. They had a boutique in Atlanta. Prior to that, I was working for Teresa, obviously Bow Wow's mom at her boutique in Atlanta. So I always was like music adjacent in some way. But then when I dived into artist management, it just kind of like took over my life. I really left the fashion industry behind and decided that this is where I wanted to be. I wanted to make a change when it comes to music. 
And that's what I've done over the years. You mentioned Atlanta, but I know along the way uh, you grew up overseas, I believe. And, and there's been other stops other than Atlanta. And now you're in Los Angeles, right? Yes, I am Palestinian. You know, obviously I was not born in Palestine just because my family took refuge in Kuwait. I was born in Kuwait. I left Kuwait during the Gulf War. My family brought me here to the U.S. And from there, I just kind of bounced back and forth between whoever honestly could afford me. Uh, my, I lost my mother when I was really young, so my siblings were taking care of me all those years. So whoever had the time or energy, I mean, as young 20-year-olds, they had like a seven-year-old on their hands that they had to suddenly take care of. So I bounced around between uh, Jordan and the U.S. And in the U.S., I grew up between Atlanta and Murfreesboro, Tennessee, and Nashville, Tennessee. Wow. And two major music hubs at that. Yes. And that's why it's so fascinating because although, like, yes, I, my claim to fame is primarily in hip-hop and R&B, but, I, like, I love country music. I think that's what makes me stand out in a lot of ways because I grew up overseas. You know, I was always super exposed and a dabbler when it comes to music and genres and genre bending. Um, I love like 80s bad rock as much as I love like, you know, <laughs> super trapped out like, you know, I just love everything like I love music period. So there's no like um, elitism when it comes to genres at the end of the day. And you have worldly taste, it seems, right? Yeah. And I think it's important because it kind of like gives you a lens on how to work with artists when you can like you know, look, let's say at a hip hop artist and be like, you know what, I'm going to treat you like a rock star. <laughs> and this is the method we're going to take on how we want to market you or promote you and whatnot. Like we're going to borrow from the alt scene. We're going to borrow from the country fan base and help develop you and vice versa. Right. So it's, I, I've been really, really grateful. I've always been exposed to music through living in Nashville and Atlanta in the best way possible. Well, obviously you've had roles in uh, quite a few different industries, but can you talk about any challenges you feel like you faced switching and jumping from one industry to another? The challenges that I faced were really not put on me by the industry. It was put on me by myself, like onto myself. Uh, being that I work in like the digital space now, back in the day, there was such a thing as new media. A lot of people didn't really like, you know, call it digital marketing or, you know, social media. It was new media, like nobody really knew much about it. And I was always an early adopter to social media as a kid, you know, as a kid, that sounds crazy. Um, but it's just the pressures that I was putting on myself in a way because no one else was doing what I was doing, at least back home in Atlanta, you know, uh, while everyone was still doing the street promo and the radio promo and all those things, like here I was just like this young lady coming into the scene and booking unknown artists, quote unquote, like uh, Drake for his first sold out show, but then not printing flyers, but only promoting on places like Twitter and Facebook back in the day, you know? So the challenges were just really like showing people that this is the future for them to trust me. The biggest challenge for me was always being 20 steps ahead and trying to still stay present and make it make sense and articulate to, you know, executives back then why they needed to trust, you know, the new media space and allow, you know, marketers as young as myself to come into the game and really try to change the landscape. So that was more so like the challenge that I faced, I guess, is like learning how to articulate 
what it is that I do, why trend forecasting is such a huge part of what we did back then and why, you know, people should invest in what we were doing. I think that's so fascinating. And I've also heard you say like you, you don't consider yourself a music industry kind of girl. I mean, with that said, though, what has consistently drawn you to different pockets of the industry throughout your career? It's honestly, Jordan, it's been completely just intuitive and just it's haphazard, honestly. Like, that's what it's come down to. It's just like I've allowed my passion uh, to lead me into certain situations. And if like to give you an example, um, if I didn't have my own agency back in the day and I wasn't promoting parties and shows and managing artists, I would have never gotten into complex media. If I didn't have my experience at complex, I would have never gotten into Def Jam and Twitter into Instagram, you know? So I really think like everything is kind of like a domino effect and it was meant to be like, I, there's no way I would have gotten into Instagram if I didn't have the Twitter experience or the experience that I had like 10 years ago. I'm a big firm believer in just like allowing your career to kind of move in the pace that it's supposed to go in and not to try to force anything. And although like maybe 12, 13 years ago, I would have been like, you know, damn the man, damn the system. But once I got in it and started learning more about it, I realized that I could be the force of change in the system. I'm sure Gail agrees, but it's so interesting to hear you talk about intuition. And obviously we're celebrating women with this podcast and we all know women's intuition is everything. The intuition that women hold and the passion that we hold within, we can change the world and we do change the world consistently. And that's why you see a lot of women are the main marketers at labels and, you know, within the system, like, because women know intuitively what's hot, what's not. Women are the number one dollar spenders at the end of the day. Like we spend the most money. So not for nothing, if you don't have women on the team, then you're not doing it right. If you don't have the right women that are, you know, helping you as an artist or developing you or part of your label or your company, you know, you're missing out on a huge opportunity. Well, speaking of uh, intuition, Fadia, making those jumps from fashion to music, when you were deciding to make those jumps, what were the skills that you feel have translated particularly well as you've moved from from one uh, um, arena to the next? The biggest skill that I would say has been extremely helpful for me that I took from the fashion world into the music industry is for sure trend forecasting. The ability to identify like who I think has next, um, the ability to work in six to nine month increments in a calendar and kind of try to position myself like nine months out, where do I think I'm going to be or where the industry is going to be or where I think certain artists are going to be. That's something I learned because, you know, obviously in the um, in the fashion industry, they work on a calendar and it's pretty far out. And as we know, like in the music industry, like things can be super quick. Everything is turnaround, um, the surprise albums, everything. Like, yes, the process of making the art takes a while, but the, the process of like releasing the art can be super, super quick. So I think the ability for me to trend forecast and really work and look at the details and what I've been able to learn from the fashion industry has really helped me when it comes to the music industry. What would you say was would be a second uh, skill? The second skill that I would say I have is just being an ultimate Swiss army knife. Um, <laughs> truly, like... I don't know many executives that have had experience, not only in artist management, but in marketing, creative strategy, experiential, you know, um, digital media, uh, 
a brand partnership. So it's like, that's the second skill. I guess it's like things I've collected, like people collect, you know, vinyl and stuff. I collect skill sets and just make them apply wherever I go. Uh, and that's, that's what I think helps me out as an executive, like be it at Instagram, like I'm able to really inspire and motivate cross-functionally in orgs mm-hmm. and find the common thread. Like how can we all find a common thread and a goal that we can work towards even if our, you know, our separate agendas are completely different, we all have a common goal and that's to win. Before we continue on, it's time for a quick word from our sponsor, Honda Stage. Honda Stage is where Honda's passion for music comes to life and where the industry's most exciting rising stars share their talent and stories of imagination and determination with the world. Head to billboard.com slash Honda Stage to check out more exciting content, including exclusive performances from music's hottest rising stars and new episodes of the In The Lead podcast. I know over the last several years, uh, the conversations have revolved around diversity and inclusion. It's still very much a male dominated industry. And uh, with uh, June 2 and Blackout Tuesday and the show must be paused, the, the addition of systemic bias really came to the forefront as well, along with the, the diversity and inclusion. So I wanted to ask you about the hurdles you've had to overcome as a woman of color and just basically as a woman, because it's just been a struggle for all of us in general and uh, for women of color in particular. So I would say the biggest hurdle that I've had to face in the industry as a woman of color uh, would be just like not seeing myself personally, like just like as an Arab brown woman in certain spaces, that's been the hardest thing. But I've been so lucky to be, you know, embraced by predominantly black women, I would say. And that's been (laughs) black women honestly saved the world in many ways. And, you know, two black women gave me my opportunity in my career in fashion and other black women have given me my career, like my opportunities in the music industry as well. So I, I feel like, I may have not experienced all the things that other women have experienced because the way I came into the music industry was kind of like music adjacent more than it was like through the industry. So, but as I'm going deeper and deeper into it, I am lucky that it is a new wave of men that are coming up in the industry that are more, you know, um, in touch and they have, they've supported women along the way, but I have heard horror stories. I'm lucky that I have not experienced those, uh, you know, moments in my career, but that's just hearing those stories alone and the little bit of like discomfort that I may have experienced in my career inspires me that much more to open up the doors for other women, you know, to create certain moments for us to celebrate each other, like the women's Grammy brunch at Instagram that I've been doing for the past two years. That's what's really important for me. It's like, I just can't live in the past I can't dwell on how, you know, certain women were treated or whatnot, or how I've been treated. It's just like, how can I move forward? How can I be the change moving forward? And that's kind of like who I surround myself with. Um, And it's just, we have to be advocates for change as women. I appreciate so much you saying not seeing yourself. I think, I know me and Gail have talked about this. It's to me, it's so amazing to be able to work with Gail. Obviously, she's a black woman in the Billboard family. So for me, I I completely relate to what you said. And it's so important to be able to see yourself. It's it's hard, right? Because oftentimes I feel like I'm too Arab for Americans and too American for Arabs. 
but there's a beauty in finding yourself or being embraced by others. And man, you know, black women especially have just showed up for me and I just will forever show up for them. And that's all that matters to me. We got you, Fadia. We got you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Fadia, real quick though, before Jordan jumps in, I wanted to know what what's the one misperception that you're still seeing that industry still has about women, especially ascending into the C-suite, breaking, still breaking that glass ceiling? I think the biggest misconception that um, people have or perception is that we may be too emotional. <laughs> which I think is the biggest joke on earth because in my experience in working in this industry, like if not for nothing, but my male colleagues tend to be way more emotional about certain things. Absolutely. Right. (laughs) And it's no knock. Like, it's just, it's a reality. Like I don't come from a place of anger. Like when I'm listening or trying to find a solution, like I'm going to listen to you and listen with intent. And a lot of times that, you know, it's just, people like to put us where they see us and they just want to make this assumption that you know women have to be you know in positions that are more nurturing and caretakers and whatnot and you know like in an admin role like something more of a a a doer as opposed to a a strategic mind and that is the biggest mistake that this industry can make you know women can again we know how to change the world. We know, we know what it takes because we know how to tap into our sixth sense and we know how to intuitively like lead with proper intent. I love that. It's so true. We're like the the queens of compartmentalizing. 100%. And we're, we're multitaskers. 100%. Well, okay, we have to get into a conversation about verses. Fadia, you've said that, you know, other than multitasking, forecasting has been your superpower throughout your entire career. And you even talked about being too ahead of the curve. Do you have a process for determining where a new trend in music or pop culture is going to originate from? Because like, obviously, verses took the internet world by storm. So my process for identifying what I think is next, it's a healthy mix of, you know, pulling data analytics, seeing what is buzzing on, you know, on the back end and Instagram, but also just intuitively, like just having so many peers and especially like friends that are ARs that are literally listening to music all day long. And myself, like I live on SoundCloud. I listen to SoundCloud all the time and I just listen to the most random artists and random mixes. And that's how I'm able to kind of like find and see who I think has next personally. And I take what I listen to and I just like plug it in and Instagram and see like, okay, how's this person doing? Is his audience or her audience engaging with them? Um, that's kind of like what we did with Tierra Wack, with Billie Eilish, Brent Fayez, like so many different artists, you know, Omar Apollo, Snow Allegra. I mean, these are just like artists that are now like household names, so to speak, with certain certain fans and like executives. But back then, like four years ago, the first time I heard Billie, you know, she had like, what, 40 or 70,000 followers? I don't even remember. Or someone like Jesse Reyes, like who didn't even want to get verified on Instagram. So I think it's, it's, it's a matter of just um, in this current role that I'm in, it's combining my worlds of just like my intuition and letting the numbers also confirm what I feel. But I always lead with intuition first, because I never want the data to skew how I look at things. 
And just to be clear, your title at Instagram is Strategic Partnerships Lead of Music, right? Yeah. Jordan brought up Versus. So let's dig in a little bit uh, more about that. How did the partnership between IG and, and Versus come together? And what was your role in cultivating that relationship? I know Swizz and Tim decided to go live together, but Swizz couldn't really get on because his Wi-Fi was really crappy in his beautiful, massive glass house that he's in. <laughs> like, I was watching it live. Like I was like screaming at the phone, trying to tell, like, be like, do this, do that. And then I happened to get an email in that moment, like, hey, Fadia, like the guys are having problems. So I gave them best practices in real time that they were able to apply. And from that point, like, I was just really excited because obviously we all know that the first iteration of Versus happened four or five years ago at this point, Summer Stage, you know, like just Blaze, Tim, all of them. Um, so I always loved the battle component of it all. So for them to do it on Instagram and IG Live and IG With um, was really, really exciting. So when they decided to formalize it and they saw like the response to it, and obviously, you know, they did the one with, uh, the dream and Sean Garrett, like I'm watching and texting literally our group chat and just being like, Hey, make sure that you are hitting up Sean and telling him to do this. And from there, I went from just being a fan with a little bit of like best practice experience, because obviously of where I work to being a little bit more on like, you know, hands-on with the teams. Um, so anytime, you know, they would tell me like, hey, we're gonna announce so-and-so, you know, like Babyface and Ted Riley, for instance, um, I would reach out to the teams and offer my best practices services to them, make sure that we're aligned. I share all the things. I work with the Versus team on their digital strategy with Dima, their digital marketer. Um, so that's how I've contributed, you know, I've made sure that I've made myself, you know, fully present to the team. Um, also on the back end, just working with our teams internally to make sure that they understand how insane the audience is going to be in the viewership and how we need to step it up from a product standpoint, because we remember how it was the first couple of times with verses and how, you know, last night we just did, you know, the Gucci man and Jeezy one and 1.8 million viewers with no glitch, no problems, no takedowns. So yeah, we've come a long way. Yeah, congratulations. I know that was, everybody was looking forward to that particular uh, battle. So why do you think Fadia IG was the platform that really helped take Versus to the next level? IG as a platform has been so instrumental during COVID and a lot of it, especially with the, the music industry. Like I will say this, that artists on the platform have utilized live in a way that no one has in, in history on Instagram. Um, and I think that's also a testament to our best practices over the years. Obviously a big part of what I do is meet with artists and make sure that they're educated on how to use all the platform tools that we have and surfaces. But live has always been the one surface that was least used or misused rather. It's used, but you know, like you'll see an artist go side stage during a show or something like it wasn't, it didn't feel intimate. So we had the foresight right before COVID when, before the quarantine happened, the quarantine order to send out a note and just be like, Hey, should your artist have to go to quarantine? Make sure that you're utilizing live because that is the number way that you can, can reconnect or connect with your audience, especially if we're going to be stuck at home and not have meet and greets or shows and whatnot. 
So I think having that foresight and, you know, years and years and years of speaking to artists and like, you know, planting that seed in their head that live was the way to go to connect one to many, but in a one to one kind of feel was extremely important. It, it just changed the dynamic. It changed the user behavior. It changed how we consume content and Instagram, you know, the reason why verses in particular or D nice, I mean, there's so many streaming services, there's Twitch, there's YouTube, there's so many things, but at the end of the day, it's so hard to convert your audience to other platforms. If your audience is already on Instagram, this is where you connect with them. Why would you take it anywhere else? You can like try to stream it both ways, but at the end of the day, your core audience is on your Instagram page because this is where you spend the most of your time. So I think that's why it works. And Swizz and Tim know that. Um, I'm really, really proud of their Apple, you know, partnership. I think it elevates the experience. But as we can all see, like 1.8 million people are always going to still be right there because this is where it started. Yeah, absolutely. I have to agree, like the social aspect of versus, you know, even if you're just with your household and, and gathering around the TV and now now that it's on Apple Music, you get like the full screen experience. It really has just brought like a level of comfort through this time. I know for me, like Erica Badu and Jill Scott, like that was my jam. Like I was in heaven. Erica and Jill was like a healing moment. We all needed that healing moment those ladies are alchemists in their own way so you know it was necessary but you're so right Jordan I mean it's so many things to it it, it makes sense to stay on Instagram or have these moments on Instagram because it feels like an AOL chat room back in the day yeah it totally it totally does it's a place where you can hang out with your friends and I just don't know that any other platform has been able to replicate that experience yeah it also goes back to what you were saying earlier, Fadia, about the power of women, because as Jordan brought up Erica and um, Jill Scott, but then also Gladys Knight and Patti LaBelle and, and Brandy and, and Monica. All these boys in this industry, they just want to like sit around and, you know, call out all the men and like, we need a battle with the men. No, it's the ladies that break the records. Mm -hmm. Like, let's be all the way real. Like, super proud of yesterday's moment, you know, obviously with Gucci and Jeezy. But there was a lot of history there too. You know, I think with Gucci and Jeezy, I, I would say like maybe half of the audience was tuning in to see what may happen. Right, right, right. Mm -hmm. As opposed to anything else. You know, it's like there's beef, there's history, there's drama. Is something going to pop off? You know, and of course, there's the true fans that are there for the music 100%. But let's be real. People wanted entertainment, quote unquote, you know. But with all the other ladies, it was just authentic and fandom. It was their music. It resonates. It's timeless. So yeah, women run the world for sure. <laughs> so obviously, as you can tell, my favorite was Erica and Jill. Gail, which one was your favorite? And Fadio, what was your favorite versus battle? Uh, I, I'd say for mine, it was a toss up between Brandy and, and Monica and uh, Jill and, and Erica, because you forget just how much music that they have uh, recorded during the year. So it's really hard also, and I'm sure Fadio will agree that it's hard to pick a favorite one because there's just been some great ones. So I'll I'll seed over to uh, Fadi and see what she thinks. Asking me to pick a favorite versus is like telling me that I have to pick my favorite kid. <laughs> you know so that and I don't even have kids so let's just put on my <laughs> I always throw people for a loop because the obvious is that 
I mean, I'm an old head. I love Miss Patty and Miss Gladys. You know, I, I even like had a huge, huge, huge like dinner that I made for all my friends and we all were quarantining and some of us tested, you know, so that was a moment in time. But 2003 to 2006, Fadia, who was all in the club and throwing parties <laughs> and stuff. Like when I tell you the little John and T Pain one, Oh, that was yes. good. That was good. Yes. <laughs> that one had me on the couch, y'all. Like I was like jumping up and down. My husband has never seen me like that ever. That's the magic of verses. It's taking us back to simpler times. It's taking us back to certain pockets of our lives that live only in our head, you know, but then music brings out the feeling. So when you hear the music in that way, it just like it's like the emotions rush back and not just the memories, you know? So for me, like, I really, really love T-Pain, Little John, but I'm from France, <laughs> so, you know, I went crazy for Little John. I love that one. That's a great pick. What would your dream versus battle be that hasn't happened yet? Oh my goodness. Um, there's, you know, I can't really say because you know, Ooh, is it, is it might coming be telling up? something. <laughs> I know, like, it's, I can never ever say what I would want to see happen because Swiss and Tim and even Larry Jackson, like, I want to big up Larry Jackson with the Apple partnership as well because he's been instrumental in making some of these um, things happen too. But I, I, I can never say because something's always in the works. Okay, you can't give us a little snack, a little, a little taste, a little... <laughs> A little sneak peek. I mean, I would, you know, again, Atlanta, Outcast. Oh, that would be a nice one. You're right. Um, I'll tell you people I want to see. How about that? I won't say who against. I want to see Janet Jackson. I want to see Outcast. I want to see Usher for sure. Oh, I would love to see Usher too. I'm with you. I mean, like Missy is just a force. I mean, Missy can go up against herself. Let's be real. Uh, she doesn't need a battle. She just <laughs> needs to have the stage to herself. We need to have a celebration. That's, there should be a version of verses that's just celebratory of a single person. Like, give them their roses in their gardens. Absolutely. Earlier, you mentioned SoundCloud and using that as a as a way to like help you forecast. And we're talking about these really huge artists that are involved in verses. Like, who are the artists that you're listening to these days? Are you listening to newer artists? Are you listening to older music? I think like everyone else, I'm finding a lot of comfort in older music, but it doesn't mean I'm not diving into new music at all. Um, I love, love, love like identifying and finding new artists that I can kind of tap into. The soundtrack of my quarantine has actually been by a group called Salt, S-A-U-L-T. Um, I don't know if you ladies have heard of them, but they're phenomenal. I think they are the soundtrack especially of the racial uprising that happened in may and june and faye webster is another artist that i'm totally obsessed with so there's you know I, I, as much as i love old music and i'm an old soul i do have an appreciation for new artists and new music and it makes my job fun it keeps everything super fresh and like new we've talked about your earlier and current accomplishments and 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 some of your career milestones but looking back Fadia who are some of the women in the industry that you considered as mentors as, as you've taken your journey the thing with me Miss Gal is that I've never interned and I've never had a proper mentor and that's my okay. biggest flaw in my career 
I've always felt it's just because like, I kind of put myself on a path where I kind of had to learn this new, I, I created a new lane for myself, so to speak, but I always from the outside looking in, and now I'm just so honored to be, you know, either in their presence or learning from them. Women like Ethiopia, you know, women like, you know, Jacqueline Saturn. Um, I mean, there's so many ladies, my, my friends, my colleagues and my peers in the industry, like, you know, Caroline Yim, there's Felicia Font, there's Erica Montez from SoundCloud, there's Majima, Whitney Gale Benta, like I am inspired by the women that I'm kind of coming up with, or they came up like right before me, you know? So those are the ladies that I would really shout out for sure. Okay, just so and just so listeners are clear, Ethiopia's Ethiopia have Tamarium, president of Motown, yes. and exec VP of Capital Music Group, and, and Jacqueline uh, heads up Caroline. So you said biggest flaw. What is it you wish you could have had from a mentor if you'd had one? Just the, you know, calm down, Fadia talks, or <laughs> hey, make this, don't make that move. It's really the calm down, Fadia, like you're moving too fast. Affirmations. You know? Yeah, like it's just we're connecting the dots. Like it's just mm-hmm. nice to connect the dots. Like I imagine that's what I try to do as a mentor now is just like how can I connect you to the right people? How can I connect you to the right opportunities? It's just like each one looks out for an- another and that's what I wish I would have been able to have coming up in the industry. You you just started in on that riff a little bit, but a, a little more specific, how do you continue to pay it forward and support music's next generation of female leaders? It, it's so many different ways. I definitely lean heavier on supporting the ladies. I'm not ashamed to say it. <laughs> Even when it comes to, you know, the partnerships, um, it's just the attention to detail that women have. I'm all here for it. This is what I love. Um, also creating moments like I mentioned earlier, the Grammy brunch that we started two years ago that came from a place of, you know, obviously all these moments that celebrate women, but oftentimes it feels like we're celebrating, you know, the vets in the game, the OGs, but there's some new up and comers in the industry, you know, from admins to interns that are doing amazing work to the OGs. And I'd never seen spaces that allows both groups of women to be in one place. So it was really, really important for me that during a moment like the Grammys and the Grammy weekend, where we know it's insane and everybody's trying to go to the Rock Nation brunch and all these places, you know, where some of us don't aren't able to get into. I just wanted to create an all inclusive, diverse space where women can be celebrated together, you know, be it I'm at Instagram or not like that is my goal especially during Grammy weekend. Like I always want to create these moments where we can all celebrate each other because without your admin, you can never be the VP, you know, and without, you know, your VP, you can never become the EVP or the president or the GM or the CEO. So it's like, why can't we all celebrate each other in one space? Yeah. And I know it's early days yet, uh, but it looks like we're going to be dealing with the pandemic for a minute. Any hints you can give us as to uh, 2021 celebration, Grammy week? Have you gotten that far? Yes, it's all going to be virtual. I'm having a really hard time with virtual events. It's so hard. Um, but I'm trying to put a spin on it. So more to come. Hopefully, Ms. Gal, I will be probably reaching out to you. <laughs> well, it was a great it was a great celebration earlier this year. So 
I have no doubt. And that's the other thing, like it's not just celebrating music, like executives in the label system or in a management company. Like we really wanted to celebrate Miss Gail. She was one of our honorees this past year because we think like the contribution and the way she's been able to advocate, especially for women, not just music, but especially for women in music, she never gets to be celebrated in my opinion. She's always celebrating all these ladies and putting us on. And it's like, no, we need to celebrate the Gail Mitchells of the world or the Shirley's from Variety. But then we also need to dig deep and go to to the like Lakins who used to be a fader and she's, you know, a freelancer or, you know, Naima Cochran. Like there's so many women like music journalists are just as important as the music executives. Like we're all storytellers. We're just storytellers in different ways. And we, uh, whoever has contributed should be celebrated. So we were just honored that Miss Gail decided to say yes. Thank you. <laughs> Kicking and screaming, Fadia. Uh, <laughs> Fadia was my mentor then telling me to calm down, Gail, calm down, take your roses. So again, thank you for that. Of course, we love you. So obviously I've been in the industry way less longer than both of you guys. So, I mean, I would love to know and maybe end on this note, what advice you have for women who see what you've done, Fadia, and are interested in walking the same path that you've sort of carved out. Build your squad, you know, don't burn bridges because who you meet today, you know, or who meets you today may need you tomorrow. And honestly, like true to true to form, like just be kind. There's no need to be anything but kind to work with intuition. Know that, you know, like there is no secret formula, even though it may feel like it to some people, because with social media, we often put the best of our lives. It's like our resume and our portfolio. But understand that if you build like true authentic relationships, like that will just set the foundation of who you are and who you can be in the future. Um, so that's the biggest thing is just like follow your intuition, do good by people, be kind, work with character and integrity and build, build a foundation around you, you know, build a base, get a mentor. Don't do what I did, not get a mentor intern volunteer as many places as you can and just build that network. Wow. Thank you so much, Fadia. This has been incredible. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, ladies, for having me. I really appreciate the time. And we'll be on the lookout for the next verses. Hopefully you gave us some hints and we'll feel like we were ahead of the game. I did no such thing. No hints. <laughs> nice try, Jordan. Nice try. She, she's been trying. Thanks again, Fadia. Thank you so much. Uh,